Hey, what do you think about recording the 2020 recap now? I'm ready. All right, let's get this show on the road. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. On today's episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast, a 2020 recap. Pastors and church leaders, we want you to create margin, avoid burnout, and lead effectively in your ministry. So as 2020 has probably been one of the most difficult years of ministry for many pastors, we want to take a look back on the podcast that we published in 2020 to help encourage you. As always, Dace Clifton from DailyPastor.com is with me. Dace, how are you, man? Well, I'm great, Kyle, and excited about our recap. We've had some great guests and a lot of fun along the way. So yeah, this should be good. Yeah, Dace, we did get to talk to a lot of great pastors and had some uh, good conversations. So I want to jump into the very first episode we're going to highlight today. And that was with Danny Slavich on Thriving in Church Planting, episode 42. Let's take a listen to this clip. The worst part is that spiritual warfare is real and that Satan hates new churches. Mm. Like you see in the gospel narrative, like Satan tried to have Jesus killed in infancy. I think he tries to do that with baby churches and with those who are called to plant those churches. And uh, so the way that manifested for, for me was um, in, we were, we were 16 days into full-time church planning. It was January 16th. I can pinpoint the day and, and the moment where I was blindsided with um, a nearly debilitating uh, attack of anxiety that lasted, uh, ebbed and flowed and lasted for, for several months mm. and almost it didn't de- debilitate me, but it greatly hindered my ability to do ministry. Yeah. And uh, it was unlike anything I've experienced before or since. You know, my, my wife knows me really well. And she's like, Danny, I've never, ever seen you like this. This is not normal. This is not just mental health. It's probably related to those things, but this is absolutely spiritual. And, uh, and I, every church planner I know has a story of how something happened. You cannot attribute to just the normal circumstances of life. And, and so that's the hard part that spiritual warfare is real and it manifests in a multitude of ways for a multitude of people, but God's grace is sufficient and his provision is sufficient. Wow. I think he's right on. And it's something that we don't talk a lot about. And it's not something that Many times we even recognize what's going on, and that is just the reality of spiritual warfare. I've never been a church planner, so I just really took his words to heart. And uh, man, honestly, it kind of makes me a little hesitant to even think about church planning. And so I can also say that there is a measure of spiritual warfare that that pastors experience. I, I know I certainly have, not to the degree of what Danny's talking about. But yeah, I think he hit it right on. I also love the story he shared about starting Cross United in Deerfield Beach, Florida, about having to borrow cash from his wife to start the church bank account. And if you haven't listened to it, I think you'll be encouraged by Danny Slavich and the sharing of his journey in church planting. Days, one of the next clips I wanted to recap was from Phil Blunt, the author of The Crappy Christian Life. Let's listen to Phil share part of his story. After I sang those songs, I sat down, just exhausted, mentally spent, not only from the experience of the previous 48 to 72 hours as I'd really come to this low, low point, but from the the previous 20 or 30 minutes as I'd been standing singing those songs about a God to a God I did not believe in. I sat, and this guy stood up to preach, and he started to tell a testimony about himself. He said, 
to his wife. He said, Carol, I'm going to go up into this room. This is, a, this is what he told us, a story about himself uh, months earlier or a year or so earlier. He said, I'm going to go up into this room, and I'm going to either find some answers from God or they're going to carry me out of here. So he had my attention. Okay. He's so, he's reading your notebook at this point. He's reading my notebook. And so he's desperate for God to speak to him. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll listen. And remember what I wrote on that notebook, freedom and truth, over and over, big capital letters. He begins, you can't see the tears on the podcast, but as I tell this, I just... I'm overwhelmed. He he started preaching from John 8, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And he said that in that room where he was so desperate for God to speak to him, that God had led him to that verse after hours of of prayer and seeking and weeping and God led him to that verse and he the holy spirit said to him at that point mike if you're not free it's because you don't know the truth as as we sit here and this is 30 years ago almost 35 years ago as we sit here today i can remember and i can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me so specifically, Phil, the reason you're not free is because you don't know the truth. You know, so all of a sudden, here's this God that all I've done in the last last year and a half was shake my fist at him and swear and scream and say, I hate you. And now here he is sitting me down specifically to say to me exactly what the deepest cry of my heart was, freedom and truth. (laughs) All of a sudden, uh, you know, God was real, and I couldn't deny it. Man, Phil's story is amazing in just an unbelievably awesome way, and uh, the transformation that he went through, and just the situation to be leading worship at a church and yet not believe in the God that you're singing about. And then just to see God, you know, work so powerfully in his life to reveal himself. I mean, I think it's something we all need to take note of. And it's something that every pastor, not only do they need to do a diagnostic check of their own heart, but just to realize and recognize that if you're not careful, these types of things could happen. And uh, man, that uh, just that the gospel that's proclaimed and that's preached it's got to be at the core and the heart of who we are as people. can't just be something that we sing about. It's got to be something that we absolutely live out at the core of our being. And so Phil's story to me is just so encouraging just to see what happened in his life. And that book, The Crappy Christian Life, uh, certainly one that we recommend here and a great read. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah, Dace, so that was from episode 45. If you want to listen to the story a little bit more. Uh, Phil was also a guest on another podcast on Finding Identity in Christ. Well, I want to switch gears here a little bit and hop over to episode 31, our interview with Sam Rayner on Thriving in Transition. And I, that's the, that was, I just wanted to get into the grit and just dig in and help churches like that. But then God called me full time and I was very reluctant to go. And I remember my first week in the office, I called my dad because my dad's one of my mentors. And, you know, I'd set up my books, I'd written my sermon and I just was like, dad, what do I do? I'm like, what do pastors do? 
he just laughed and he said, I'll tell you what, give it 10 days, two weeks, two, you know, basically 10 business days. Call me back. I did. I said, I'm, I'm swamped. I'm like, I don't even, I don't, I'm completely slammed. I don't know what happened. Everyone left me alone for like three or four days and then just bam, the world blew up. Um, He had that pent up demand. Yeah. It was pent up demand. Great word. That's a good economic term right there. Um, so I, you know, I've learned to transition a little better. If, and just for the sake of the length of this podcast, I'll give one tip here. Focus on your lead goals or lead measures, not your lag goals or your lag measures. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to put on my blackboard every month the goals that I want to accomplish. And those things are front and center. Every time I walk into my office, I walk through my door and I see them. So I'm reminded, you know, every time I walk into my office in this month, this needs to be done. Now, I have a whole nother system of how I accomplish stuff. You know, I've got my calendar and, you know, some different software that I utilize for project management, blah, 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 blah. But they're on a blackboard, chalkboard, just right there front and center. But what it's those are the reminders you'll never get anything done. Those are the lag goals the, they lag they, they, because the, when they're, they lag because that, that's, they're out there. Um, the lead goals or the lead measures are the things that take you there. So let me give you an example. I want my church to grow by a hundred people. That's a lag measure. That's a lag goal. Your church isn't going to magically grow by a hundred people unless the Holy Spirit just does something. And if that's the case, great, but you have to go do the work. So I'm going to call 10 people a week to connect with them so that in a year, my church will grow by a hundred, you know, because if I call 10 people a week and invite them to church or tell them about Jesus, invite a neighbor, whatever, follow up with the guests, my, you know, some of those are going to catch. So if you are making a transition and if you are focusing on getting things done, you really need to pour your energy into those lead measures, the things that take you to the goal. The goal itself is great that it will never happen on its own. Now, there's just a lot of wisdom in everything that Sam said, and I'm so thankful for the Rainers and their ministry, and he's right on. I mean, I think we can get so fixed on the end uh, that we don't take the the incremental steps to to make things happen. There's just a lot of wisdom in, in that little nugget that he shared right there. Yes, and as we focus on leading effectively in our churches and ministries in 2021, I think many listeners will want to listen again to episode 31, Thriving in Transition with Sam Rayner. We spent a lot of time talking about sabbaticals this year as Dace was on one uh, himself. So let's listen to part of episode 54. And I'm not saying that other careers can't do that, but for pastoral leadership, it's a unique and new nuanced role that provides a lot of opportunity to be depleted. And so a pastor has to have the time and the margin to be able to recover from that depletion, from that outflow and get his cup filled. Yes. And I'm going to save some of my questions or debates for the end of this thing uh, <laughs> before we understand that portion and get into a little bit of tension here. Uh, you know, how is there pushback? Let's talk about that. Uh, in the life of church leadership, you know, what is the pushback around sabbaticals? Because I'm ready to dive in and give you my two cents, Dace. Well, Kyle, you know my own story. I serve in a church that had never given a pastor a sabbatical. Uh, I'm the longest serving pastor of this church of about 140 years. I've been here nine years. 
And it's just something that had never come up previously with their other pastors, frankly, because no other pastor had been here this length of time. And so it can be difficult for your best people to understand. And so as a a pastor, maybe you're listening to this and you feel like you need a sabbatical, man, you've really got to be patient. You've got to be loving. You've got to, you've got to be transparent when you address this as far as why you need it. And you have to give people time to understand because frankly, Kyle, even though I'm very pro sabbatical, it is an unusual request in most situations, or at least in, in my church background. And although I believe it's extremely necessary, it's going to take a little bit of time for people to understand what you're asking and really why. Well, Kyle, I would just add that my convictions about sabbaticals, the, the benefit for the church, for the pastor, when the time is right, they are profoundly good for the church. And Certainly things can go off the rails if a a pastor tries to rush it, if the pastor's not ready, if the church is not ready, that type of thing. But man, when God calls a pastor to take a sabbatical and the pastor as well as the church is obedient to that, it will be profoundly good for both parties. And I've seen that in my own life and I absolutely believe it. And Dace, the most talked about topic of 2020 was the coronavirus We know that impacted a lot of church life for many pastors. Uh, Many church leaders had difficult conversations ranging from church online or government regulations to internal strife and and conflict and even church finances. Uh, We just want to encourage pastors in the work that they put in to 2020. One of the earliest episodes on how the pandemic could impact churches Uh, was our episode, episode 24, we put out in the middle of March when this thing started to become real life for many of us. So let's take a listen to this one. The reality, Dace, is that um, there's a lot of churches that do not have the financial reserves already in place. And so I'm not trying to paint a doom or gloom picture here, but most churches, their actual budget for ministries and missions uh, is less than 20%. And as we've seen the stock market this week, uh, as people's jobs are kind of in question, depending on what industry, and this may affect certain uh, areas or cities, states differently. But if giving goes down 20%, I feel, I fear that many churches will not have margin for ministry. Yeah. So let's start with the why, which is... Mm. We are in it to see lives change. If there's not margin for ministry, if we don't plan accordingly on the finance side, I'm just being honest. I think we're going to, we're going to be in, uh, for a really rocky road. And so that's why we're talking about some of these, uh, things today. So I think we should get into it. Are you ready for it? Kyle, I'm ready for it. And I just want to begin by saying us stopping ministry should not be an option, right? I mean, the church of Jesus Christ sometimes under extremely difficult circumstances, persecution, trial, hardship, governmental oppression, all of that, it continued to grow and flourish underneath the Spirit's power. So for you church leaders out there that are feeling a little bit overwhelmed, let me just remind you that you already have the most important thing, and that is the very Spirit of God abiding in you, right, to give you the wisdom and the knowledge. And hey, there's people like Kyle and other organizations and ministries, Talenton, Daily Pastor, other things that are there to help, encourage, and equip you, and that's really what we're going to do. So... Jason, as we recorded that late on a Thursday night, I believe we said something like, hey, by the time we get to Easter, everything will be back to normal. 
And uh, here we are now at Christmas time, and for many pastors, it is nowhere close to normal yet. Yeah, I'm hesitant to make a prediction at this point regarding when this will be, quote, over. And the easiest answer might be it isn't going to end. It's going to change. Things are going to pivot further. Um, but I still stand by what, what we talked about in that episode. Certainly, ministry's got to continue, and good ministry can happen even during COVID. And it's going to be different. You're going to be pressed. You're going to be pushed to do some things unlike you've ever done before. And frankly, for many churches, that's actually a really good thing. COVID's a great opportunity to change some things up. And so, yeah, I'm optimistic and hopeful for what this next year is going to bring. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think God can still do some awesome stuff through it more than we expect or imagine. Absolutely. And in 2020, we interviewed pastors and talked about some things that are not glamorous in pastoral life. Uh, Days, you and I also had some honest conversations and some fun along the way. So let's listen to episode 44, where I asked you some tough questions. Oh, no. What's the thing that I fear most? Um, wow, these are personal. Okay. Um, I'm just, I told you, we're interviewing Dr. Days Clifton, man. Man. You were prescribing me and giving me a physical earlier. So uh, that's what I'm doing back to you, man. <laughs> Well, let me just say this right now, and this may shift a little bit, and uh, some of this speaks to my weakness as a recovering people-pleasing workaholic and a perfectionist, but probably one of the fears I have is, is that, man, I don't want to, um, man, I don't want to live my life and at the end of my life have a bunch of regrets. I wish I had, I should have, all of that type of stuff, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I want to live a, a, a life of, of freedom and a life without regrets. And probably my biggest fear is, is that, you know, that I'll look back and uh, have regrets of, well, I never tried this. I never did this. And so, and that's a real fear for me. I'm not just making that up for the podcast. I mean, I, that's a, a fear that's probably rooted in, in my own sinful flesh of regret and a little bit of perfectionism in there. But for me, the answer to that is ultimately is not you know, well, just make sure you're trying everything you possibly can, but make sure that you're going to go deep with your relationship with Christ. Make sure that intimacy with God is is your first priority. Yeah, I still stand by all that for sure. I can't argue that. And I don't know if we've talked about this before, Kyle, but one of the things I was reading a book by Ronnie Floyd. I've got a lot of respect for him particularly the things that he's written on prayer. And uh, for side note here, for any pastor listening to this, if you're not familiar with Ronnie Floyd or your prayer life needs a little bit of uh, energy, anything that Ronnie Floyd writes on prayer is awesome. And uh, I was reading a, a book by him recently, and he was talking about just the, the, the difference that had been made in his life by spending that first hour of the day just with God, his prayer journal, that type of thing. And when I read that, I said, you know, I, I just, I want that to be my goal. I want to spend that hour every single day, no matter what is going on, no matter how busy my schedule is, you know, if I need to get up early and man, I'll just tell you, it's been so rich. It's really just encouraged me. It, it, it's just, that's the only word I could describe, you know, used to describe it. It's just been rich and it's just been good. And I needed that challenge in my life. I hear you. And Dace, you know that I count you as one of my closer friends in life. So let's laugh together at this one time, the only time that I've ever given you a hard time on this podcast. Oh, no. Well, I'm just glad you've had no uh, 
day shouting events at the kids because if I was in a 30-foot RV uh, with my kids, I may have made it 72 hours um, and not several weeks. So uh, good for you, man. Good for you. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to uh, exaggerate any uh, any appearance of uh, this is how smoothly this is going. So let me just say this. I have had to ask for my kids forgiveness more than once. Let me just put it that way with prefacing that with, hey, daddy's a little stressed pulling the camper. Please forgive me. <laughs> so, yeah. We can't stop. Just tell him, like, just put on your headphones. Like, let's. uh, (laughs) Daddy needs a minute uh, without any noise, without you talking. I'm really. This has been good for me. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who feels that way. You know, it's. You may feel that way when you're driving, but when you're pulling a camper on a road you've never been on somewhere in the Pacific Northwest one of the heaviest concentrated traffic areas in the United States, you know, things can get a little stressful, but in spite of all that, yeah, it's been fantastic. You haven't even gotten to the one one yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, days. I'm so sorry. You're scaring me. I'm scared. Yeah. Now. Wait till you drive on that. sucker. Mm. Yeah, that episode was actually, my part was recorded, I think, like in a laundromat or a bathroom. I can't remember while we were on sabbatic uh, somewhere in the the Northwest. And so, yeah, the 101 was awesome. But uh, yeah, California traffic is no joke. That's for sure. Days, as we wrap up 2020, I just want to say thank you to you. Uh, and to those who listen to the Thriving in Ministry podcast and engage in the Daily Pastor community, uh, the podcast is going to look a little bit different next year as we focus on interviewing pastors and putting out content around creating margin, avoiding burnout, and leading effectively. So if you are a part of the Daily Pastor and the Thriving in Ministry community, uh, know that we appreciate you. Dace, love you, man. Have a great 2021, and we will talk again after the holidays. All right, Kyle. Well, love you too, man. And once again, yeah. Hey, listening fam, thanks for listening. And just know that, hey, great things are ahead in 2021. And now more than ever, I really believe that what we talk about and where we're going on Daily Pastor and the Thriving in Ministry podcast is going to be so essential for so many leaders in the day in which we live. So God bless. Stay tuned in. Look forward to some seeing some new updates, new looks, new even a new website and a lot of other stuff coming along the way while we have fun. God bless. See you soon. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor.